1: To Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. It's a Tuesday evening, just about a minute after 6 o'clock for those who are on the East Coast. Today's day is September the 18th, 2018. Hope that you all have had a productive day for those who have those 9 to 5 jobs, possibly just getting off of work or on your way home from work. Hope that your day has been productive, that you didn't experience too much trouble behind these enemy lines. And if you're going to work, hope that your day will also be productive. Lots to talk about, but today I want to focus on a number of different issues, but want to start off talking about Hurricane Florence, which has been downgraded to a tropical storm. I'm not even sure if it's still raining, to be honest with you, in some spaces. It hasn't rained here where I am in North Carolina since last, not last night, but the night before last night. Uh, We have not been getting any rain. Um, It actually feels pretty good outside. Yesterday, it was so hot and humid, Uh, felt like I was back in Hawaii. Um, it was so humid um, because of the I guess all the water you know evaporating and what have you and that causes the humidity so it was very hot yesterday today a little bit better Uh, I noticed that we had a lot of electrical crews which I don't understand all these electrical crews it was like five trucks that was uh, parked over there next door to the church and Uh, been working on the power lines on the road that I live in considering that we haven't lost any power except for that that one night where it was only out a couple of hours and they already fixed that so I don't know if they were checking the lines to make sure um, that they were secure see if there was any damage that needed to be worked on I don't know Um, I just know they were out there. And, you know, I'm I'm grateful that they were out there, but I think there's probably other people in other places that need them a lot more than we do in this particular area of North Carolina where I live. Um, But there is still a flood warning out there. It's not because of the rain, but it's because of these uh, rivers. These rivers have over overflown um there's about 16 different rivers i think they mentioned i'm gonna play a couple of clips to just to give you an idea of what people are going through here uh thus far from what i have observed online uh looking at different videos is that um particularly the people in wilmington i have a clip from wilmington i'm gonna play later but they seem to be getting the help that they need Um, I know the North Carolina Air National Guard was out there passing out uh, MREs, meal ready to eat. For those who don't haven't spent any time in the military, don't know what MRE stands for, Um, but and also giving them cases of water. Um, So from what I can tell just from the news coverage I've, I've seen and, you know, obviously I haven't seen everything and I'm sure they're not able to get to all areas, but it appears from what I've seen that the people are getting the help that they need, particularly in Wilmington. Uh, Wilmington has all the major uh, roads going into Wilmington have been flooded out. Um, I've heard it described by one writer as an island. It's been turned into an island, and they have been airlifting supplies in and out of Wilmington. So that's good. That that's that's pretty good. Um but at the same time I'm also I saw um a article or it might have been a video on YouTube the other day that they found thousands, thousands well thousands of bottles of water but hundreds of pallets of water somewhere in Puerto Rico that hadn't even been used as um, those people still have not recovered uh, from whatever the name that hurricane was that that hit them. Um, and that that's just a shame. That's a shame. And I'm just happy, though, that here in North Carolina, the people seem to be, and again, I use the word seem with intent because I can only go by off of what's being reported. I don't know uh, if everyone's getting help, but it seems to be a very good effort to get people the help that they need here in North Carolina, and that's good to see. But um as we'll hear from North Carolina governor, um, I think it's la man, I, I didn't forgot the guy's name already. I think it's Cooper. Oh man, uh that's a shame I don't even know the governor of the state's name, but uh he's not really in the news a lot. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I don't know his name, you know he is in his first term. um, I think he might have been in office for a year now. I know he's a Democrat, um, but I think his last name is cooper i'm just I'm not sure um might be Roy Cooper. I'm not sure, but in, anyway, we're gonna hear a couple of those clips um I tell you some heartbreaking stories that some people have just lost everything, lost a lot. And, you know, Charlotte, although I don't live in Charlotte, I live um, across the river uh, from the county that uh, Charlotte is in. Um, But Charlotte had a lot of trees go down, a lot of trees go down. in Charlotte, I know some trees went down on a couple of houses in Gastonia, um, but they seem to have been spared. Uh, Gastonia is like the main uh, county seat of Gaston County that I live in we call it the gas house Um but they seem to have been spared much of the damage in, in the flooding and that's a good thing Um there are a couple of uh, rivers more than one river uh, that runs through um Gaston County but it appears that they did not um uh, flood or overflow the banks and what have you so not hearing about a whole lot of damage other than couple of trees falling on some houses one actually killed a newborn infant um and that's just sad you know it's nothing that you can do about that you know you in your house hoping that the trees don't fall on you but um you never know which way the wind's going to blow literally and blow that and blow that tree down uh on your house and the um mother and her newborn were in the house when the tree fell on them. So, just sad story, so. um, But still not reading about a lot of death. Um, Still, the death count is still under 20. I don't know, perhaps people were better prepared than other people are in other states. Perhaps better infrastructure here, better governmental response. As I mentioned, the Air National Guard, uh in Wilmington, airdropping supplies and passing out water and food, uh, so that that's a good thing. Um, and there are some other stories that I want to talk real quick before I forget, because I didn't put this as one of the stories, but it was discussed briefly this morning on Tando Radio Show, which comes on at ten a.m. Excuse me, ten a.m. Central, but eleven a.m. Uh, Eastern, and that is keeping an eye on Syria and what's happening in Syria. And so we discussed that briefly with the Israelis launching all these attacks. I I mentioned it last night on BTR news, but um you know, a Russian G, um reconnaissance plane got shot down and they're blaming the Israelis and i um, I'm not seeing a whole lot of reporting on it, but some of the reporting I have seen The Russians are saying that they're going to respond in kind. I don't know what that means. Um, We can speculate on what that means. If, If you got my people killed and one of my planes shot down, then perhaps the Russians are saying, hey, get ready for some of your people to get killed and some of your planes to get shot down. Now, they could also... Um, give Syria, which they agreed to in 2010 to sell them some of those um, anti-aircraft missile batteries uh, called the S-400, which is supposed to be really advanced. And while they agreed to, you know, that package, the Russians did not deliver it to Syria. So perhaps now they will. Um, There's only a few of those missile uh, batteries that are, deployed in Syria um, at bases that the Russians are occupying, but as far as the Syrian installations themselves, no. And Israel's been taking advantage of that. And again, I believe and Dave kind of agrees that, with me that Israel is trying to push the United States. You know, they, they possibly are looking to sacrifice a plane or two because um, they they as I reported last night, have conducted over 180 missions or attacks inside of Syria, a sovereign country that has not attacked them. And I believe that they want, they want the Syrians or the Russians or the Iranians to respond uh, in kind, which if I was them, I would. But they're showing a lot more restraint than I would because I tell you that, that I would be raining missiles down on Israel. Um, you know, you attacking my country. You aiding and abetting terrorists and helping them to uh, try to overthrow my country. Oh, and then you wanna, uh, you know, invade our airspace and drop bombs and shoot missiles and kill people. Oh yeah, it will be raining bombs. So they are. They should be glad that I'm not Vladimir Putin or or Assad, cause, uh I don't think I would be able to show such restraint after all of these attacks and what have you. But Russia' uh, patience may has worn thin, and they're saying that they're going to respond in kind. So, if they do, I can see that as the perfect distraction for the Trump administration um, to get us into World War III. And I don't think anybody in their logical, who's thinking logically, who is is. Is not suffering from mental illness. I don't think anybody wants to see World War Three pop off, other than those who would profit from it, obviously. Um, but the general population, you know, like Dave ha- has said, and, and I agree. My study of different wars, um, more there's more civilian casualties than there are soldiers that they end up getting killed. You know. And I don't want to see that, man. I I don't want to see that kind of death and destruction. And it could, you know, I I don't know if anyone could successfully invade the United States. Certainly they could launch missiles here, uh, as I talked about the other night about, you know, their submarines, um, long-range bombers, and what have you. Um, So certainly that could happen. I don't know if anyone could successfully launch an invasion of the United States. is just the civilian population is too well armed. I don't know how that will work. Um, the U.S. does have advanced uh, military technology, so I, I, I just don't, I simply can't call it, uh, but I do feel that we will be impacted. We definitely will be impacted. We will fill it um, at the grocery store. We will fill it at the gas pump. As I'm sure, you know, the first thing the Iranians would do was shut down the Gulf of Hormuz and not let any of the oil come through there. So, you know, it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, War is profitable. That's why the United States engages in endless wars. And I I just really don't want to see that kind of death and destruction being rained down on anybody, except for those who, who are instigating it. Yeah. All right, so a couple of stories that I'm going to go through, but like I said, I'm going to start off with the latest on Hurricane Florence or the aftermath of Hurricane Florence. It's no longer a hurricane here, but a couple of other stories to give you a heads up. You might want to comment on them, give you a heads up. I came across this article. It was published a couple of days ago, and I said uh, last night, I wasn't going to talk too much about the Botham Gene case because I don't have all enough information. And while, yes, I do. I said last night I don't want to speculate, but I do speculate, okay? I take educated guesses based off of available evidence, even if it's circumstantial evidence. But I did speculate, not on air, but I speculated on social media about how she ended up in her apartment. What I was doing was responding to uh, accusations that bottom Jean or Jean uh was in a sexual relationship with this woman cause uh some neighbors saying they heard her knocking on his door and saying let me in and so just from that right there you got some people who want to say oh he must have been having a sexual relationship with, oh that's what he gets and messing with them white women just very sick commentary from obviously sick people. Um, But I speculated that perhaps since he lives right above her, I don't know if people have lived in apartment buildings. You may not. I have lived in a few apartment buildings. And, you know, you hear everything. You can basically hear, depending upon how thin the walls are, the construction of the apartment, you know, you can hear people having sex you could hear people arguing fighting uh what have you um you could hear him horse playing around and since he lived directly above her i did speculate that perhaps you know she had an issue with noise that was happening you know maybe you know he was pounding some headboards and what have you and you know she didn't appreciate the noise and um There is some information that has come out that kind of supports my speculation or my theory that she was a disgruntled neighbor and that she went upstairs to confront him about something, all right? And so I will share that information with you. Um, Also, you might have already heard that the video – there's some video that's contradicting the story of Amber Geiger, the Dallas cop who who killed Bottom John, and those doors closed automatically. Remember, you know, her story was, oh, his door was already open, it was cracked, and, you know, I just, I walked in thinking it was my own apartment, and somebody broke in. So I guess people went to the apartment, or perhaps the resident of the apartment said, hey, wait a minute. These are fire doors. These are heavy doors. And they shut automatically and lock. Okay? They shut automatically and lock. And people took a video demonstrating how these doors will not just stand open. Okay? So she's already caught in a lie right there. So um, that's part of the story um, with the additional information that I wanted to share about that. Um, Story about voting. Um, and this is one of the demands of the prison slaves who went on prison strike. Um, I understand that some of them may still be on strike, even though it, they agreed to officially end the prison work strike and sit-ins and hunger strikes on September the ninth, which was the, I believe that's the uh, Attica massacre anniversary, and so. I have some some related news. One of their demands was that we be allowed to vote, that all people who have been labeled as felony slaves be given um, restoration of their rights upon completion of their sentence. But even further than that, they said, and I agree, American citizens, regardless if they're in prison, should be allowed to vote. They should be allowed to vote, Okay. I see nothing constitutionally that would prohibit them unless the United States wants to admit and the states wants to admit that we no longer view them as citizens. They're slaves and slaves don't have rights to vote. And even if, you know, in cases of Florida where this story is coming from, even after you've completed all of your sentence, including your probation once you get out, still not allowing these people to get their rights about uh rights to vote back so there's an article that says that Florida has been stealing votes from black people since the civil war and that could change in november all right so you know i've heard people say hey voting doesn't matter um some levels that's that's true okay especially when you dealing With the federal government and federal offices like the U.S. Senate, the U.S. Congress, where most of these people are millionaires and and already bought and paid for by corporations and in the pockets of these corporations that profit uh, from their foreign policy, profit from their domestic policy. So, you know, it it may not matter. You know, you thought you would, we thought... I shouldn't say we, cause that would include me, and I'm not. I didn't vote for Barack Obama. I voted for Cynthia McKinney one year, and I voted for Ron Paul the other year. I think I wrote Ron Paul's name in. Um, but people thought they was gonna get some change because Barack Obama ran a campaign on change, saying change that you can believe in, or something to that effect. And we didn't get no change. We got more of the same. So I will give people some leeway when they say voting doesn't matter when it comes to those high-level federal positions. But you better believe it absolutely matters locally. It absolutely matters who's running your jail, who's your sheriff. That's who runs the jail. It absolutely matters. It absolutely matters who's on your county board or your city council or your mayor OK, it absolutely matters. And, you know, even though I've heard people say um, and I'm waiting to hear the results of their investigation, which I know they wasn't serious when they said it. But I heard a person say in relation to a story about voter attempted voter suppression in Georgia, they said, well, I don't think voting matters, so I don't understand why they're trying to suppress the vote. I'm going to have to do more investigation. All right, I'm still waiting on the conclusion of his investigation. Because to me, if voting didn't matter, they wouldn't care who voted, right? Why suppress your vote? Why have they historically denied the vote to non-white people, primarily black people, African Americans? It, It must mean something. I don't think people's going to waste time, energy, and money keeping another group of people from engaging in something that's not going to matter one way or the other. I just cannot logically come to that conclusion. I just can't. Perhaps somebody can, can enlighten me. You know, Perhaps they have done an investigation to find out why they suppressed the vote even though it don't matter. So anyway that's one of the articles that's coming from the intercept uh by the way the dailymail.co.uk is the uh story i'm gonna share about the uh dallas cop amber geiger killer uh who who murdered um botham gene and i'm gonna call it a murder based off of new information i'm gonna call it a murder man i think she went up there to confront that guy might even had in her mind that she was gonna kill him and that I'm gonna play like hey i I went to my wrong apartment, I went to the wrong apartment, I thought it was my apartment, even though the apartment numbers are lit up in neon signs, literally, literally, okay, literally, neon addresses on the door or or you know next to the door so no i'm I'm not buying that um but we'll get to that. You may have heard depending upon. Who you listen to, when I say who you listening to, I I mean, whatever news channels you might be watching, whatever YouTube videos you might be watching, you might be reading something uh, from some of these websites that I say are suspect, man. Um, But yesterday I heard that there was an unusual event at the Brunswick Nuclear uh, Power Plant here in North Carolina. And it was being suggested that, you know, they were trying to hide that there was a nuclear meltdown occurring simply based off of the name unusual event, which I looked up and is an industry term for the different threat levels um, that the industry has, the nuclear industry. Um, But I'm going to share an example of a misleading headline that comes from Think Progress. This is their headline. Nuclear plant declares emergency. Second breach reported at coal ass site amid Florence's rains. I was talking about them coal ass sites last, last night and you know I was like hey they build these big old tanks to hold gas and and oil and what have you. I've never seen any holding oil, but, you know, gas for certain. We have what's called a tank farm that's um, um, in Charlotte, you know, that's, um I sometimes pass when I'm going into Charlotte if I'm going the back road. Um, but I, I was thinking last night with these waste pits for these chicken and pig manure, that they just digging holes in the ground and dumping this this waste in, in, in those pits that always overflow when there's flooding. Um, not to rehash last night, but I was like, hey, you know, why they, why aren't they doing the same thing for these coal ash pits? Why are you just digging a hole in the ground, putting some kind of lining, and then just dumping this toxic waste as if, you know... I know why they're doing it, because it saves them money. They don't want to build and maintain these big, giant tanks that could hold tens of thousands of gallons of, of you know, liquid waste material. Um, so I, I think that's something that ought to be on the books here in North Carolina, as well as prohibiting um, these types of operations uh, being allowed to exist in areas that they know is going to flood out, man. They mapped out the entire United States. They got enough data that they know what areas are prone to flooding. So my question is why why are they allowing these people to uh conduct such risky operations to our environment? Well, money again, money. That's why. Money. All right, so uh, we'll talk about that story, but that's a very misleading he- headline. The nuclear plant did not declare an emergency. And if you click on the link to Think Progress's article, now I'm like, okay, so you're going to say that the nuclear plant declared an emergency. Then you're going to link to an article that says no such thing. This is what I call clickbait headlines, where people just make these exaggerated and that's an outright lie right there to get you all in in emotional, in your feelings, in fear. Oh my God, the nuclear plants declare the emergency. Everybody flee for the hills. And then when you get the accurate information, it's nothing of the sort has been declared. It is very important that we vet information and we just don't go off of uh, headlines or we just don't trust uh, people who write clickbait articles um, because they know, you know, it's like people want to see car accidents or train wrecks or whatever. That, so they, they do this for clickbait. And I think that, especially grown folks, you got to quit falling for that stuff and you need to vet the information. You need to not just take them at their word because you don't know these people. You ain't never met them, never seen their face, but yet somehow you trust that they putting out the truth without doing any further investigation. So that's why I really want to share that. Um, Let me see what else. I thought that um, the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, on Twitter today made a very good point concerning this... um, This story about the Supreme Court nominee, what's his his name, Kavanaugh? I can't think of his his, uh, first name right now. It might be Brett Kavanaugh, something to that effect. Um, But anyway, they made a very good point. Now, this man has been accused, and I'm kind of split on this. I'm going to be honest with you. I made it no secret that I have committed uh, things that would be called crimes in my youth, gang-banging, Uh, you know, hurting people. I've stolen a couple of cars to go joyriding in, and this was all before the age of 13, all right? So I was imitating my environment. Um, But anyway, children make mistakes. Children make mistakes, okay? I don't think... It's possible, but I doubt that there's any perfect person who has led a perfect life and has not had indiscretions in their past. And I don't think that stuff that happened 20, 30 years ago should cost you, you know, any opportunities for today. Again, when you're a teenager, you're bringing an adolescent, pubescent, adolescent, you, your brain isn't even fully developed. You're not emotionally developed. You're not thinking logically all the time. You know, so so I, I just don't think that, that we should be holding stuff against people that happened a long time ago. It just depends what it is. If I murdered somebody and it was found out that I murdered somebody, I don't care how long ago it was. I think I should be held accountable for taking somebody's life. You know, but if I stole a car, I ain't in injure anybody. Yeah, I don't think that once, you know, here I am in my 50s now, that you should hold my youthful indiscretion against me and that that should cost me any opportunities. You know, I I, I know it was wrong, but, you know, such is the way that you think, you know. And, and I don't want to say all youth are, are out there doing stupid things. Some... You know, I I don't want to go to that extreme either, but I I just don't think there's any perfect people out here. So I'm kind of, you know, split on that, where they're trying to hold this Kavanaugh guy accountable for um, a a drunken, attempted rape as how it's being described um, at a party, Um, allegedly pushed this girl into a bedroom and then tried to take off her clothes, Um, then when she tried to scream, put the hand over her mouth. Um, this is just now coming to light. Um, the, the woman, I don't know how old she is now. She's a professor now. She's finally been identified. Um, but anyway, because she wanted to come out and say this. So, you know, I, I, I I don't know. I can't call it now. If it was my daughter, I might be in my emotions and, and feel differently, but Here's the thing though. If he's found that it did happen and he's lying about it, then I think he should be held accountable and denied that position because he lied. And that shows that he has a lack of of character and um, you know, doesn't really have uh ethics that we would like to see a person have that's sitting on the Supreme Court of, of the land, you know? And so if he's lie, lying about it, yes, he should be held accountable for that. All right, so that's... um. But the point that SPLC made was that all of these senators who are saying that, hey, this happened a long time ago, it was youthful indiscretion, um... We shouldn't hold this against him. Now I don't agree with some of the stuff they're saying. there. oh, who hasn't raped someone? Well, Scotty hasn't raped no one. Okay, so you know, but some of them are are, are going there and say, hey, who, what male hasn't attempted, you know, rape on a female or or whoever? Okay, no, no, I'm I'm not going. I'm not with you on on that. But as SPLC said, look, if y'all are so willing to say that he had a, a moment of, of, um, of lapse as a, a youth and that youth are, are you know prone to get into trouble and do things they shouldn't do, but that should not define them um, when they grow up and they've led a relatively productive life, uh, then perhaps y'all should feel the same way about these children that y'all are sentencing to life, that you pass laws to sentence children to life without the possibility of parole, okay? And we know who's primarily affected by those laws, and that's black and other non-white people and poor people, regardless of color, okay? So they not, you know, I, I agree with SPLC on that. All right, so let me get into the main topic. I got my window open, y'all. Um, it was cool enough that I don't <laughs> want to uh, have the air on and what have you. So I'm sorry if y'all heard that motorcycle in the background. Um, I'll get ready to close the window uh, at, at the break. But anyway, just want to run a couple of clips for you just to give you an idea with what some other people here in North Carolina are dealing with in wake of Hurricane Florence. um, The threat is still there. They still need your prayers. And even more importantly, um, you know, they need help. Again, it seems they're getting help. I read that Michael Jordan just donated $2 million to two organizations that's providing relief to people here in North Carolina. He is a native North Carolinian. He does Um, own the Charlotte Hornets, and yes, you know, considering how much, you know, people have uh, spent money and made you rich, yeah, it's only right that you give back, you know? Um, So, you know, he's just doing what he should be doing, but here's a couple of clips to give you an idea of what some people are facing here in North Carolina.
2: Even though there's no substantial rain now in the forecast and the sun may be shining, Rivers continue to rise and we will see more flooding. Currently there are 16 rivers at major flood stage with an additional three forecast to peak at major flood stage tomorrow and Thursday. I can't stress enough, never drive through flood waters, don't drive around barricades, and if you're told to evacuate by local officials Please do so quickly. It could save your life. As of this morning, North Carolina has 26 confirmed deaths due to this storm. We know North Carolina families and friends of these victims are suffering, and we extend our deepest sympathies to them. There are more than 1,100 road closures, including I-95 and I-40 still, numerous highways and other primary routes. While road conditions are starting to improve in some parts of our state, rising creeks, streams, and rivers continue to make travel unsafe. 343,000 people, approximately, are without power, and first responders have reported rescuing and evacuating more than 2,200 people and 578 animals, and rescues are continuing. I know for many people this feels like a nightmare that just won't end. I know many people are tired of the present and are scared of the future. But please know, we will not give up on you.
3: The tree basically crushed the house in half, if you will. if you look at it, look like, it's the side, but like I said, I stayed in there last night. Simmons
1: Jacksonville, you literally
3: New be in the house York. and see the sky, you know what I mean? So, uh, That's I mean, I really, I'm basically homeless now, you know? Um, as far as, you know, trying to, you know, there's nothing, you can't replace... You can't replace this, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's, it's it's too much love, too much years, too much blood, sweat, tears, too much happened. Family, too much family love was around it in this home. So even if the FEMA or whoever tears it down and builds another one, it's still not going to be this. It'll just be a house. Anybody home? And uh,
4: everybody but he's, he's He's all right. He's, he's all right.
3: I was telling them I think we should let them loose, and they was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Man," because if you let them loose, they can run somewhere other than being stuck in one area and just you know swallowed by water. But yeah, I haven't seen the dogs, but I think I think they're in good hands. And as you can see, my beautiful mother and my grandma—they're with they're heaven now. Now I gotta focus on where I'm gonna stay now. Yo, I, I, I know I'm sitting here, you know I'm. Talking about my home and my mother's home and stuff, but uh, I I think everything happens for a reason. So if if it's God's will for me to go through this and actually for me to get it from the mud, literally, (laughs) and uh, to 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 come up on my feet, man, and literally, I, I I I'm all for it. I just I just don't understand.
1: All right, I want to stop it there. Um, This man is emotional, and I can understand why he's emotional. He's not homeless. You know why he's not homeless? Because they own the land. That is a house he inherited from his mother, okay? So he's not homeless. He has land to live on, and he can rebuild, okay? Okay. Um, he is fortunate that he still ha- that the water did not enter the house, even though a tree did fall on it, and the house is unlivable now. Um, he will have to build a new one. Um, but he still has all the family pictures and heirlooms and, and what have you. So, you know, I, I hope that the brother look at it as a glass half full. Now, the other emotional part is it's not God's will that he go through that. You know, um, but again, I'm, I'm, you know, people like to ridicule people who talk like that when, especially when they're emotional and they've experienced some kind of trauma. Um, like he said, he doesn't understand why it happened. Well, it it happened cause it's a hurricane brother. All right. And you know, I, I just hope that, um, he gets the emotional help that he needs from that trauma. And I hope that he's able to rebuild on that land um, because he does own the land. His mama left it to him. And so, you know, that's saying a lot right there. Some people don't even have land. So, you know, they just out with nowhere to go. He has a home and I hope that he stays on his land and he gets all the help that he needs. Um, I do want to just again emphasize that it appears that people in North Carolina are getting the help that they need. And so I, I just really would like to say thank you to the first responders and you know the people who are providing this necessary help during this emergency. And I think this is the North Carolina uh, Air Guard, Air National Guard, who has been, you know, flying in uh, food and supplies to Wilmington. Uh, Wilmington has been described by some writers as an island now, okay? It's not on the coast, (laughs) so, you know, it's not in the ocean, so that's just how bad the flooding is, is that all the major roads uh, in and out of there are inaccessible because of flooding. Um, So here's that clip.
5: We are giving them MREs, which are Meals Ready to Eat. Um, they're military-grade uh, meal packets, and each meal packet has a significant number of calories, significant number of nutrition, and they can be prepared and heated up just with water. So it's uh, complete meal kits, and then also each person uh, gets a case of water. So if they are pedestrians and they do not have vehicles or they don't want to bring their vehicles, we have a pedestrian line, Um, and the pedestrians basically are gonna come, they're gonna walk through. So if they are pedestrians, I suggest they bring like a wagon or maybe a bike with a basket, you know, something because they get a case of water, they may not be able to carry a case of water. Um, And then the vehicle traffic, we're gonna be also filtering down from the same intersection and they'll be coming from both directions, filling both lanes. We're gonna filter them into one lane each. They're gonna come through here and then they will get a case of water and a box of MREs per vehicle. Typically, it's each person gets for a family of three. So um, a case of water, if they take a case of water and a pack of MREs, you're usually good for a day and a half for three people.
4: Get relief from the stuff that we lost during the storm, which was pretty bad. A roof, you know what I'm saying, had holes in it, water and everywhere. The water went bad. I mean, the food went bad in the refrigerator and the deep freezer.
6: Um, got need water. <laughs> My electric is still out.
1: Electricity is still out in certain areas here in Wilmington, so I'm still still waiting for them to come come back on. So right now, had to come get me some water. um, uh, By the grace of God, I'm thankful. Okay, so listen. Don't take my commentary to be Uh, I would say attacking people or whatnot. But this is why I asked um, Sister Cece, um, who I've known for a couple of years uh, through Black Talk Radio Network, when I said, we need a prepping program. Do you know anybody that's into prepping? Um, You know, because I don't want to do it. I already produce and host two programs But I would like to have this. So that's how Tando Radio Show came on the network. And like his motto is, never scared, always prepared. And so we have to prepare for these things, especially if we live in coastal states. But even if you live, um, let's say, uh, inland, um, let's say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Middle America, you know, landlocked states and what ha- they still have tornadoes and and other adverse weather and and you can find yourself uh not having food and water people need to prepare they need to be stocking items and i'm not saying you got to have a garage full of stuff but enough stuff to get you through a couple of days you know canned food, or if you want to go for the MREs, a uh, meal ready to eat, you can get those at the surplus store. You can order those online, uh, cases of water. Uh, you definitely want to, want to, you know, have a couple of cases of water on hand, um, and a generator. They wouldn't have lost all their food if they had a generator. Again, you go to a pawn shop and you can find some very affordable, um, generators and what have you. So, you you want to prepare. Now again, I don't know these individuals. I don't know what their economic status is. I don't know why they don't did not were not prepared for this. Um but I'm just thankful that they are getting some help. But what if that help never came? What if they got played like Puerto Rico got played? Like New Orleans got played during Katrina and other areas during Katrina, you know? So you never you never want to rely on there being help um, in such a situation, and you want to rely on yourself as much as possible. So again, I'm not saying this to denigrate anyone, but I'm just saying, you know, this is a teachable moment of why we should be prepared, okay? Be prepared. Usually with a hurricane, they're going to, you know, give you forewarning and what have you and if you don't have everything you you know that you need like I didn't have I didn't feel like I had enough gas I ended up not needing the gas for the generator but at least we had it. it is better to have it not need it than to need it and not have it i could take that extra gas and and put it in the gas tank you know cuz you know you don't want to keep gas just sitting around cuz it will get all uh, water in it and then it'll, you know, mess up your engines or whatnot, unless you put that oil and gas, uh, stabilizer in it and, and what, but I'll just, you know, uh, use it in the vehicles and what have you. Um, so just be prepared. That's all I'm saying is, is do your best to prepare, be prepared. Cause you can't always rely on these first responders being there for you. You just, you can't rely on that. You have to rely on yourself first and foremost. So that that's what I want people to take away. But I'm glad that those people are, are getting um, the help that they need so desperately. And again, I uh, just want to be thankful for those who are out there risking their lives and, you know, trying to deliver this help. All right. So let me uh, move on. By the way, if you have any questions or comments, I should have gave this out at the beginning of the program. You can give us a call at 704-802-5056. That's 704-802-5056. Hit star, star to unmute yourself. Just watch your background noise. So the story I want to jump to now is um, this story that's coming from the UK. As I stated last night, I wasn't really talking a lot about the Botham Gene case down there in dallas texas um because i you know i'm still waiting on information to come out and i know that you know sometimes the news media doesn't always give you the right information they may be in on the cover-up who who knows or they may not have access to information because the authorities not giving up the information so you know um I was just waiting for more information. Well, I, I came across a couple of things that gave me more information today. As I stated at the beginning of the program, I was speculating um, to people that who were saying, oh, she was knocking on his door and saying, open up, let me in, let me in, and using that to say that, oh, this that means that he must have been in a sexual relationship with this woman and since she's white and he's black that's where they get for messing with these white women and what have just sick 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 individuals you know very sick I, I imagine that sickness comes from being victims of racism uh trauma uh can have have some of us you know just engaging in things and not thinking properly or or thinking correctly or acting in a codified manner cause of that trauma you know uh, that trauma's real, that PTSD, you know, I get PTSD just from seeing other people abused. Not that I'm being abused because I'm not being abused right now. Um, but you know, I, I, I get PTSD from watching people who look like me be traumatized. All right. So anyway, we got some new information. Um, this came out a couple of days ago. We know she was lying. Uh, by this video that was made by some interested parties who went to the apartment building, perhaps lived in the apartment building or found someone who lived there to demonstrate how the doors work, you know? And so this Amber Geiger, this this cop, this uh, killer cop, this killer slave catcher um, who shot Botham James claimed that she got... She parked on the wrong parking deck on her floor. She went on the wrong floor, went to the wrong apartment, which was directly above hers, and the door was already open, and so she entered, and she saw an individual, and and that individual ignored her verbal commands, and so she shot him. Fired two shots. One went in the wall, I think, but one hit him um, center mass. All right? So... We know that's a lie based off of video of how those doors work there. Those doors do not stay open. And I have come across um, some doors um, like that. I've never lived in an apartment building like that, but my brother did, where their doors were just, I guess, weighted and balanced. I'm not sure the mechanics of how that worked, but the door won't stay open. It will shut by itself it'll just shut you can't leave it open all right and so these particular doors um would swing shut and then lock and then you have to open it with electronic key card which some witnesses said that she kept trying to get in and saying the key card was flashing red now i don't know how true that is i wasn't there um I just simply don't know. Um, because that would indicate that she was on the wrong floor and didn't know what she was doing. But I don't believe that. I just simply don't believe that, especially when you got the apartment numbers in neon signs, you know, neon lights and what have you. So but the part about the door was already open. So she's lying. She's lying right there. Now, I, you know, in pushing back against this speculation that, oh, they must have known each other they was having a sexual relationship, because why else would she be saying, let me in? Don't ask me to explain how these people think, okay? And just based off of that, assuming that they had a sexual relationship, but then again, you know, some people, again, they like making what I call race porn, all right? And, and so they looking for clickbait and looking for video views and and you know they'll just they'll just say whatever, no logical deduction involved in it. Just let me just make up some stuff and put it out there. All right. So anyway, I said, well, perhaps she went up there to confront him since his apartment was directly above hers, in that you know perhaps. She didn't like some noise she may have heard up there. Maybe he might have had the uh, boombox going. I don't know. Maybe she heard some banging headboards, uh, which wouldn't have been been possible because he was in an apartment alone. So, um, you know, um, but it appears that she did have beef with him, even though she never confronted him. She did file a complaint, a noise complaint. Against him. Let me get to this part in the article from the Daily Mail. Co. Uh, Uk. Um, let me see. Photos obtained by the Daily Mail do not show that the corridors on both floors appear similar, but Jean's apartment had a red semicircular doormat outside, while Gar- Geiger's did not. So again, showing again, this woman didn't just end up at the wrong apartment. Um, neon lights for the sign for the, uh, you know, apartment number. She didn't have a red mat. What does she think? Somebody just said a red mat in front of her door or something. And then lying about the door being open. Um, as the daily mail writes, apartment door numbers are clearly visible and lit up in neon placed in a panel to one side of the door. Okay. So let me keep going down. They got a lot of videos here. Um, where it says that she had filed a complaint. All right, here here we go. It says that dailymail.com can also reveal that Geiger had made noise complaints about Jean, who was 26 years old, to the building management in the days before his death. Her neighbor, a Hispanic man in his mid 20s said she had been cross about him making noise early in the mornings. He said she filed a noise complaint earlier on in the day which said that he had been making noise before she leaves for her shift. The family lawyer Merritt confirmed his account in an interview with CNN telling the channel, the only connection we have been able to make is that she was his immediate downstairs neighbor. And there were noise complaints from the immediate downstairs neighbors about whoever was upstairs, and that would have been uh, Botham. In fact, there were noise complaints that very day about upstairs activity in Botham's apartment. Botham received a phone call about noise coming from his apartment from the downstairs neighbor. According to Geiger's neighbor, the building walls are soundproof while the ceilings are not a potential cause for conflict. He goes on to say we can hear when somebody opens the door. You can't really hear anything through the walls, but you can definitely hear when someone knocks or opens the doors. Sometimes I can hear the people above me every once in a while. That's all I ever hear. The only thing I can think of is I can just hear people running, but this guy, he didn't seem like the kind of guy who would be running around up there. And so this, this is, you know, I, I think I was uh, on the right track with my speculation uh, in response to this absurd um, um Absurd statements from people saying, "Oh, he was having a sexual relationship with her, and what have you." And and I was saying, "Well, he lives directly above her, and perhaps she was unhappy with him being above her because of noise or whatnot." I've lived in an apartment, so I know anybody's lived in an apartment. Y'all know what y'all know what I'm talking about. So you know, my speculation seems to have been confirmed. Uh, by these neighbors and by the fact that she had filed noise complaints on him. Now, something else I, I read today about some of her social media posts and that some of the, and she did try to erase her social media footprint and while you can deactivate your Facebook profile, you cannot erase the stuff on. You will have to go through all of your posts and delete them. When you deactivate a Facebook profile, your posts are still there in case you want to come back and reactivate your profile so if there is a proper investigation why they look for motive, which I think this is this does speak to motive. I don't know why the family attorney doesn't think that he he seems to have trouble coming up with a motive, but it sounds like apartment rage, you know, I think I may have made up a term there. You know, you've heard of road rage, so I'm calling this apartment rage. It seems to be the motive because based off of the social media posts they were able to get a hold of because she had several accounts and she tried to shut them all down, but they were able to find some on Pinterest. And she seems to have a very uh, uh, violent mentality. One of the posts, she said, I dress in all black because I want to be, I I dress in all black and I'm citing this from memory, but I dress in all black and I carry a shovel because I want to be prepared when I go to your funeral. So you better back up off of me. So, you know, a number of posts that, that suggest that she had violent inclinations and what have you. So it sounds like she had a temper, right? And so she probably was very upset and went up there to confront Botham Jean and ended up murdering the man. I would call it second degree murder. I don't see any evidence to suggest that she plotted and planned this. But again, you know, the investigation has been pretty shoddy. As you've heard that they uh, executed search warrants on his apartment, the victim, but no search warrants on her apartment, and she's cleared out her apartment and moved in with her with her sister. But I think that's motive, right? That speaks to motive right there. You heard a road rage, where well, there's apartment rage, you know. I've heard people get angry over noise in, in apartment buildings and and what have you. I've never seen anybody go to the extreme to go confront somebody. You know, I made noise in the apartment, and somebody will. Uh, take a broom and tap on us on, on a uh, on the floor. I remember I had this apartment in Charlotte, and I had like a loft in this. I had a studio apartment with a loft, which, which put me just a few feet where my bedroom was right under the um, right under the ceiling, and there was an apartment above me. And you know, one time I had some friends over, and we were being loud, and the people you know stomped on the floor and said. Keep the noise down. So, you know, I think that's your motive right there. That this is a woman who has a short temper, who has made social media posts that suggest that she has violent tendencies or violent inclinations of possibly psychopathic or sociopathic personality. Okay? And... She had enough of the noise, and she was going to doggone it, go handle it, and ended up killing this man. That's what I think is the motive right there. I don't know why that isn't occurring to the attorney, Mr. Merritt, but it seems perfectly logical and plausible to me. I don't know. What do y'all think? All right. All right, so, um, Moving on, let me take my station identification break and my music break, and then when we come back, um we don't have any phone calls, we'll jump to this next story about Florida stealing votes from black people since the Civil War, and that could change in November, because I, I have some thoughts about that, you know, constitutional arguments that I would, would make that these laws in various states not being all the same, are not affording people um, the rights that have been declared in the 14th amendment and equal protection of the law all right and I just don't understand why nobody's ever filed a federal lawsuit to using citing the 14th amendment you know I don't know maybe I should have been a lawyer I, I don't know um but yeah we'll we'll talk about that story when we come back on the other side. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I broadcast this program Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, God willing, at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Um, please share the program if you think that um, constructive information is being shared on this program, and also share the entire network. Share. We're one of the few truly, 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 truly independent black media outlets um online truly that's the truth all right we'll be back on the other side stay tuned
7: star. Free like birds and trees. Free like open seas. Free like the change of seasons. And that is the reason we need to stop killing American soldiers without a reason. Freestyle. Fighting a war for money control and America's own treason. Disloyal to our own, but we go to other nations and we make their houses our homes. What about our homes? What about our houses? In this war that ain't about you, ain't about me, and damn sure ain't about America's civil liberties. Cause we got Americans dying behind gunfights, crooked cops, babies crying, president's lying, black men are statistic AIDS, and this shit is quite twisted. The street's sweep, babies missing, and mama's wishing they Daddy's was there and it makes me want to holler because it seems like we no longer care. Freestyle, free life, freeing the street soldiers from this war in progress because it's on the street too and it too is about and power. We need the government to wake up and take a true shower. We need us to get us free because they don't know what's best. Probably ain't never seen seven-year-old little boys wearing bulletproof vests to protect their chest because ghetto children run free and they run free through free bullets that's ready to rip through chest. Free bullets ready to lay to rest anyone in their way. See free bullets run free through playgrounds where ghetto children run free all day. Freestyle, let me await to see the day When I am free like birds that fly high up in the sky Flapping wings able to elevate While my mind accumulates thoughts of being free Cause my voice is not free like freedom of speech should be Freestyle freestyle. freestyle
6: freestyle like a spoiled child with well-to-do parents like not only being royal but standing and planning as the heir apparent that's, that's how, how it should be, be. freestyle without fcc sons of piles calling out files or free like anarchy in the streets and the rippling roars of the crowds like taxi drivers do rules written in stone freestyle the way the fbi can tap all, 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 all our arms free to be me and do whatever i want to do and freestyle so they can be them and you can be I want mine totally, completely, absolutely, unconditionally free. No rules or regulations of what could, should, or might happen or what they be. No values claimed, no limits to the game, no special names you need to know to get in. No chains, leashes, leases, or theses on how far I can take my journey, or what criteria this poet needs to fill and fit in. Free to see glass ceilings shattered in the shards sent to the discard pile for free style. That's how,
7: it should be. That's how it should be. Freestyle. Never repressing my thoughts, locking my words, stressing the birds and I'm because my speech is not free like the wind that blows this supposed liberation throughout this tried, tired ass nation. While I sit on rooftops reading the alphabet versus the ghetto and screaming out, Don't die, civil liberties, don't die. Hoping my voice is heard through the nation's tops. And the Emancipation Proclamation said I was free over 200 years ago, but my soul still don't feel so. While the Statue of Liberty presents a false reality of freedom more fake than reality TV because she just does not reflect me my voice locked up and locked inside my body without words I can never be free so I look at myself and try not to see myself as a nigga they wanted me to be free like birds what I wish to be no longer picking cotton on your plantation my arms tired my legs weak feeling like my life has succumbed to your damnation and without justification it seems I have become a slave to hip hop beats and rhythm nation ignorance spoken at its highest height played on every radio station cause they think that can be tight rocking expensive clothes we calling ourselves bitches and hoes and we think we free shit we more oppressed than I ever guessed soul searching looking for Spiritual salvation while listening to outcast liberation, trying to break the chains of enslavement and mental degradation. Freestyle like running in the nights, trying to find the light in the window, reaching for our foundation so we can start a new creation. Freestyle like freeing words of the good book that have been brought to translation and freeing me from all accusation from this nation, because it seems like I've vented all my frustration in this poem that I've called Freestyle. My lyrical libation. Freestyle. Style. That's how, how it should be. be. That's how it it's should be. Like
6: imagination, be. creation, and blindly breaking through borders the way love does A self-organization of things as if every nation had wings? It could fly through the sky like a dove does. Free to live. Free to give. Free to dream the dreams of a potential prince. Free like the freedom we had way back in Eden and have yet to see it since. Free like common sense. Free like death. No fickle favorites anywhere to be found. Even if you look at every book, behind every tree, or under every little rock on the ground. Freedom like light, sight, and sound. Like sunshine. Shine and moonlight and the promises of the Christ, unfettered by the weather, the lords of Caesar's treasures or somebody's man made price. Freedom flow like ice, freestyle, that's how it should be. Priceless like faith, belief, and man's free will. Free to know what it all means, where it all goes, and how. Free to know what's really real. Free for me to know the damn deal. Free like a mother's silver tears, like a father's groundless fears. Free to be shared everywhere, like pain, shame, suffering, and war. The freedom to always do just a little bit more. Freestyle like what we've all been dying for. Free style. Freestyle.
5: That's how it should be. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. That's
6: That's should be. Compel should be. us to act on behalf of those who long for freedom, and we must be a source of hope the poor. Marginalized. marginalized. Victims of prejudice. Not out of new charity, but because peace in our time requires the constant advance of those principles that are common pre-described.
4: Now tell me where you're gonna hide, where you're gonna run, when your enemy buying guns and you buying Jordan? Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now tell me where you're gonna hide. hide, When, run, when your enemy gun, then you Happy Martin Luther King Fest. Purchase some new kicks, can't tell me that I ain't fresh. But meanwhile, in the rest of the world, Bomb blowing chicks hoeing, I'm going to and happy martin luther king fest blowing some out the drink that's kicking it should do the rest but meanwhile in the rest of the world can get depicted for what they trick with playing with that girl uh Martin and Malcolm both died of a broken heart If this the dream, the wild families be ripped apart My ninja, you can skip me with the insensible. It ain't about no leader, it's about principle Distribute lies to the easily convincible Long enough so when you tell the truth, they say the lie is shit Distortion of your lies to you Can't even imagine just what that alone can do to you that's why in school they never teachin' no god at Muhammad. I robin Williams cause they could not kill him, let's be honest. No disrespect indeed to those OG, they gave their life. I broke this rhyme on the same box so I was sacrificed. When only actin' what is acting right in God's sight. If we just criminal thugs, why they be acting like arrest the president like tragedy rap But most whites ain't hear that and just as when Obama sacked. Where you gonna run, where you, where you your iron guns and you ride up. Oh, you See,
1: Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio, new black media for the new millennium. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed in on this mic from Behind These Enemy Lines. On this Tuesday evening, it's about 12 minutes after 7 o'clock here on the East Coast. Shout out to my brother from another mother, my abolitionist comrade Max Park. who you heard on that first track uh, that we played called Freestyle. I don't remember the uh, female artist that was... Uh, on that track with him that's one of my favorite tracks a lot of people don't know max is is uh world famous you know he's world famous in the spoken word uh community and um some of his tracks are still doing very very uh, well um as he mentioned on on new abolitionist radio last week and that other track you heard was father ja uh, what's the name of that track by father ja I know people be asking me you know what's the name of that track you played and and what have you and um i do um take tracks from people independent artists out there that's trying to get y'all music heard but make sure that it fits with this network we you know um we don't talk about about uh misogyny we don't talk about killing each other and they don't send me that crap, and people have sent me that crap, and I ain't trying to play that crap on these airwaves, okay? That was Father uh, Father Ja, uh, Martin Luther King, Guns and Jordans, and shout out to Father Ja. Um, I say with pride that I inspired that song as he's a listener of Black Talk Radio News. Uh, he's a New Orleans rapper, and he heard me talk about Uh, all these people that was lined up to buy Jordans when you see all these white people lined up to buy guns. So where you gonna hide, where you gonna run when your enemy buying guns and you buying Jordans, okay? All right, so next article. Uh, Let me pull it up. Did I close my browser by mistake? I think I did, so bear with me as I get back to btrcommunity.com. All the stories, by the way, that I've shared with you are posted there for my profile um, in btrcommunity.com, which is the social media platform that was funded by the listeners of the network, some of the hosts of the network. And it, it's a way of that we have provided a safe digital space for people to engage in social media um, who may have issues or problems with other social media networks and it's also a way that we fund our media operations with a $24 a year subscription so let me get to my profile btr news with scotty reed that's how you find me send me a friend request if you haven't on the network uh let me see all right it's coming up all right next story Again, as I was stating, you know, I'm I'm not trying to convince anybody of yeah, yes, I am. All right, or else I wouldn't be talking about it. But people, you know, often say, especially in the black community, but not exclusively people in the black community, others as well, say voting doesn't matter. All right, so my position is well, something that don't matter. They show, you know, jump through a lot of hoops and. Pass laws and gerrymander voting districts to disenfranchise uh, black and non-white voters. So it must matter on some level, because I don't. I don't think I'd be worried about somebody doing something or taking any kind of action to prevent somebody from doing something if if it don't matter. (laughs) You know why would I? Because it don't matter. So I don't understand the logic. You know, as I said earlier. You wanna talk about the CEO of USA Inc., if you wanna talk about US senators, US Congress persons, then yeah, I would say there's some evidence that might support what you're saying. Cause you know, the American public can say, Hey, we're not for this, we don't want this and they go ahead and they do it anyway. Or they say we do want this, like single payer health care, majority of people say that and they will not give it to you, you know? So because they bought and paid for by these corporations that profit from uh, the status quo and what have you. So uh, that's the wrong story. I've already covered the Amber Geiger story and why she, uh, her motive for killing Botham Janes being linked to noise complaints. Um, but this story here, Florida, voting rights restoration let me tell y'all something florida when it comes to 13th amendment approved prison slavery florida's one of the worst states it's also home to the second largest private prison in slavery in the world and that's the geo group but lots of deaths have happened in those prisons uh guards have boiled people to death uh, we had a guest on who wrote a book about it, who was working in that prison as a, a psychologist or some kind of a social psycholo- psychology, um, Dan- Darren Rainey. Look up that man's name, where they boiled this man to death by forcing him into a shower that was scalding hot, and he ended up dying as a result of these third-degree burns on his body. Um so very very atrocious state. These are some of the most brutal um practitioners of slavery in the nation, I might say on the planet, okay? And I'm I'm talking about legalized slavery. I'm not talking about the slavery that's already been deemed illegal and you'll go to prison for it. Um you'll go to prison slavery for it, but uh, no, I'm 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 talking about legalized slavery as prescribed by the 13th Amendment. Uh, anyway, one of the one of the ways they dis have disenfranchised black people is if you're if you're the number one target for prison slavery, which we are. Well, if you don't want them voting to change laws or put ballot initiatives in the, into motion or voting for someone like a Cynthia McKinney who might be about some real change, then, uh, you know, we need to take away your right to vote. So one in 10, according to The Intercept, in an article written by Rachel Cohen, which was published um, earlier this month, it says one in 10 eligible voters in Florida are effectively disenfranchised thanks to a draconian law that bars former felons from voting and a broken clemency system. When it comes to black voters, the numbers are even more grim. grim. More than 20% of otherwise eligible black voters, that's, that's people over the age of 18, from Florida cannot cast a ballot. In total, more than a quarter of all disenfranchised felons in the entire country are in the Sunshine State. I'm telling you, man, Florida is atrocious, man. It ain't all about Miami Beach and bikinis and and uh, banana daiquiris or, or whatever. It, it, no, no. It, it's a brutal state when it comes to prison slavery. But this November, Florida voters will have a chance to reverse that by weighing in on Amendment 4, a constitutional ballot measure to restore voting rights to an estimated 1.5 million Floridians who have fully completed their felony sentences. Florida is just one of three states in the United States that indefinitely bans citizens with felony convictions from voting. And so, you know, I know, you may not know, but I know based off my research, I've come to the logical deduction or conclusion that the grassroots American revolution was hijacked by wealthy Anglo-Saxon slavers. And one of the things those slavers cited as to why they were rebelling against King George was taxation without representation because they couldn't vote to elect members to parliament and be represented in the parliament, in the king's court or, or what have you. So they was like, oh, we going to war. This is taxation without representation. But again, they did turn around, did the same thing to people right here in, in the United States. And I'm talking about free black people. I ain't talking about the, the victims of slavery. I'm talking about free black people whose history is, is very un, unknown to most people in this country. All right, but that's what this represents alright let's say we accept that you're stripping American citizens of their rights and turning them into slaves but once they have completed their sentence and so called paid their debt to society you still continue to punish them by stripping them of their second amendment rights and their rights to vote but you keep taking taxes from them though don't you that's taxation without representation. That's what, I, that people I've heard, you know, that that's what the so-called founding slaver started the American Revolution over. Although I know that's a lie because the American Revolution was in response to the brutality of British police. Oh, excuse me, I meant soldiers who were policing the colonies, all right? Look up the Boston Massacre. Look up Crispus Atux when the British soldiers brutalized a a colonial teenager um, living in the colonies, and Crispus Atux said, you know what, we can't tolerate this. They beating up children, and who's with me, and let's go confront these these brutal uh, soldiers. And they shot and killed Crispus Atux and and some of the people with him. And that was what the grassroots colonists said, the reason that they were rebelling. And then, of course, it got hijacked by the wealthy Anglo-Saxon land-stealing slavers. What's the difference here? There is no difference. It's taxation without representation. So it goes on to say Amendment 4 is the result of years of grassroots work by Florida organizers. Shout out to those organizers putting in work. But it is also part of of a recent nationwide push on this front. In 2016, the Democratic Party put in its party platform for the first time a commitment to restore voting rights to formerly incarcerated individuals. Earlier that same year, the Democratic-controlled Maryland legislature overrode the veto of Republican Governor Larry Hogan and restored the right to vote to more than 40,000 former prisoners still on probation or parole. Also over the course of 2016 and 2017, Virginia's Democratic Governor Terry um, McAuliffe granted clemency to more than 168,000 former prisoners balance. Constitutional amendments in Florida require uh, at least 60% approval to pass. No easy objective. In 2012, for example, there were 11 constitutional amendments on the ballot and Florida voters rejected 8 of them. So, again, you say voting doesn't matter? Here is, we had grassroots people put in the work to get this on the ballot for voters to vote on. And if you're eligible to vote and you don't vote, then you're part of the problem. You are you are part of the problem of perpetuating slavery and racism considering that these voters are 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 uh, predominantly black or I should say disenfranchised voters. Disenfranchised U.S. citizens who have completed their felony uh, convictions or whatever the sentence was, and you're still barring them from voting. Now, here in, in North Carolina, you get your rights back automatically to vote, but you have to first complete probation. So if you're out of prison, but you're still on probation, you cannot vote. They don't tell you that when you get out of prison, but you can't vote until you complete your probation. It is different in each state that you live in. Now, what what is the job of the federal government but to administer the U.S. Constitution, which they say is the supreme law of the land. So, tell me how this does not fall under the 14th Amendment and equal protection under the law. How is it that U.S. citizens in North Carolina can vote after they complete their probation, but U.S. citizens in Florida cannot vote. And they have to apply for clemency in a system that is backed up with governors who don't want to get these people back their rights to vote. Is that equal protection under the law? No, it's not. The federal government has fallen down on the job, but of course, we know a lot of these people in the federal government are suspected racists who don't want black people voting because they tend to vote for Democrats. Now, I'm not on here to debate the merits of voting for the Democrats versus the Republicans, versus the Green Party, versus the Libertarian Party. But I am object, I'm looking at what the U.S. Constitution says. What y'all say is the supreme law of the land. Why hasn't, and I'm just throwing this out there because anybody in Congress can can move on this, but particularly those who are supposed to be representing black people from districts that are predominantly black, why haven't they raised this Felony disenfranchisement in in the area of voting why haven't they raised this at the federal level and saying that this is a violation of the 14th amendment equal protection laws you can't everybody's supposed to be treated equally so how is it then you can have different states treating people differently that does not compute that does not line up with the constitution now the constitution doesn't even say anything about barring someone from voting because they went to prison so they must be relying on the 13th amendment that says uh, slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished except as a punishment for a crime therefore you a slave and you don't have any rights but see, they're even extending it, especially in Florida, past the point of your enslavement in a prison. This is unconstitutional. And I'm not an attorney, but I have a very high level of reading comprehension. I have heard people suggesting me that I should go to law school. Um, I have not decided to take that path but I, I I can read, I can comprehend what i can what I read, I understand context, and I understand how this government works, and it's not working for a lot of people, especially when it comes to voting so Florida Florida voters. I know y'all thinking about, oh, especially in the black community, and I'm not trying to throw no shade at you, but y'all got an opportunity to, to elect a black governor, the first one in Florida's history, not to say that he is going to practice justice. I don't know much about Andrew Gilliam. I really, really don't. I don't know. If he said anything about where he stands on amendment four, I don't know where he stands on prison slavery, although I have tweeted at him about the prison strike and what have you, and pointed out, you know, the GEO group down there in Florida and the atrocious treatment of Florida prisoners. Of course, he didn't respond. Um, But, you know, you may think that, you know, you're going to turn out to vote because you get to vote for this black man. Well, I would say more importantly, you get to restore the voting rights to disenfranchised U.S. citizens and you should vote. Yeah. I I mean, tell me why somebody present me a logical argument of why these people should be mistreated this way. They've served their time. Okay, they've served their probation. What justification do you have to continue to deny the rights afforded to U.S. citizens by the Constitutional? This is unconstitutional, man. The Department of Justice, this is supposed to be their job. I I didn't hear Eric Holder make an issue of this. I didn't hear Loretta Lynch make an issue of this. And I definitely ain't expecting the the suspected racist Jeff Sessions to make an issue of it. So what I'm saying, folks, is we have to push these issues. We have to make our demands known and we have to make make those demands happen. We do not live in a nation that practice justice. Although the preamble might say liberty and justice for all, we know that's a doggone lie, a historical lie. But each and every generation has the opportunity to leave its mark in history and make this nation a better, a better, more just society for the next generation. Are we doing that? Or are we making excuses? Are we, you know, glass half empty and oh, nothing we can do about it. We're just powerless we're like little children in the system and nothing we can do we're not smart enough we we don't have the intellect we don't you know we don't work hard we're lazy and and so yeah you know it's not going to happen so you know ain't no sense of me wasting time on it yeah that's the glass half empty people you know they can't. They can't find a good cause to do anything. But they will complain about stuff. But they unwilling to do anything to change the condition that exists on this earth. To um, borrow a phrase from Malcolm X. All right. So that's my um, report on that from Florida. Let me see. There's only a couple of more stories. I got about um, about 20, 25 more minutes. In the broadcast. So I'm going to take a station identification break um, and come back, and then we'll hit some of these other stories. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. If you have a question or a comment, give us a call at 704 802 5056. That's 704 802 5056. Hit the star star key to unmute yourself. Please watch your background noise. We'll be You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to BTR News with Scotty Reed on this Tuesday evening. Now, here's an article uh, related to Alabama. Shout out to the Free Alabama Movement Um, the coalition of prisoners in Alabama, prison slaves, as um, Brother Swift Justice will tell you, I'm a slave, man. I I have no illusions about my status in this system while I'm in prison. I'm a slave. So shout out to the prison slaves um, who I felt like have been at the forefront. I, I remember years ago when they first started calling in to New Abolitionist Radio and I am just so proud of their resistance movement that they have built since then, even writing legislation and, and what have you and trying to get it passed and just you know some of them engaging with these would be um representatives there in the state of Alabama so shout out to the free alabama movement uh swift swift justice and and the other brothers um that have uh, that are a part of that um but the s PLC is reporting that the state of Alabama, and you know, in District 33 in Alabama, we do have an abolitionist candidate who is running, who has acknowledged that slavery hasn't been abolished in the United States nor in the state of Alabama, has been very, very open to coming on new abolitionist radio, um, has has been in dialogue with the prison slaves of Alabama, and is seems to be, okay, because I'm not a mind reader, I can't see into a person's heart, but he seems to be a person who wants to end slavery in the state of Alabama. So that's Scott Brewer, who is running for the Alabama State Legislature for District 33. So if you're a listener, in Alabama District 33, please write that down, make a mental note, you want to vote for Scott Brewer, Scott Brewer, okay, um, so um, this is what's coming out of Alabama, the Southern Poverty Law Center will argue in court today, this came out today, um, that the Alabama Department of Corrections violated a federal court order to provide more hem- mental health workers for people who are incarcerated in the state's prison system. Arguing that the ADOC failed to meet multiple deadlines to provide the additional staffing, the SPLC is asking a judge to rule that ADOC be held in contempt of court for failing to feel crucial mental health care staff positions and failing to inform the court of its inability to meet its legal requirements. Now, this just reminds me a couple of things real quick. This reminds me of former Sheriff Joe Arapayo of Arizona violating a court order, was found in contempt of court, and winded up going to prison, if I'm I'm not mistaken, Um, until he was pardoned by Donald Trump. So I'm not sure here, this is a different state, but I would love to see the CEO of Alabama's prison system. That's probably not the governor, but he should be held responsible too. But whoever is uh, running the Alabama prison system, they're found in contempt. I would love to see that person on one of these plantations. Send them to Holman, you know, where they got mold and stuff, uh, um, you know, affecting the health of those prisoners. Let them eat some of that garbage that that ain't fit for human consumption. I hope a judge does rule them in contempt, although it's unlikely, but I can still wish, (laughs) you know, I can still hope that they put this person in, in a jail cell and let them you know, experience prison slavery. All right, so the contempt hearing is scheduled, was scheduled for this morning. I'll try to do some follow-up. Perhaps we can cover it tomorrow night on New Abolitionist Radio, which is on every Wednesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, it's, and then another thing, you may have heard, maybe you have not, but you may have heard about the closing of mental health um Centers here in the United States, the mental health hospitals. Even though some of these places were just as atrocious, and the and the patients were being abused. So you know, but instead they closed all of those, and they just start putting people in prison. Somebody having a mental health breakdown. You know, I've seen people do that in public. I've seen a man get arrested in uptown Charlotte when I was going to school in Charlotte and I was uh, using public transportation uh, on the square in Charlotte. And this man who was homeless, I mean, he was just yelling. He was just, and he wasn't no little dude either, man. He was kind of big guy, you know. And I admit, man, I was kind of fearful when I was walking past him because he was just yelling. You know nothing in particular, but he was just yelling. I could tell he was having a mental episode. I don't know what he had, if he had Tourette syndrome or or what was going on with the brother. But anyway, I saw them come and arrest him, and I I seriously doubt if he was taken for a mental evaluation and put in the hospital to get the help that he needed. They probably put him in jail, cause that's what they do. With people, instead of getting them the help they need, they put them in the prison slavery, or jail slavery, because they make money off of you in jail too. All right, keeps keeps those deputies employed and what have you. So, those things just come to mind. Didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. So it goes on. SPLC goes on to say. Um, Adequate staffing is critical to address the mental health needs and secure the safety of the incarcerated people in ADOC's care, said Maria Morris, senior supervising attorney at the SPLC. Time and time again, ADOC has failed to meet court-ordered deadlines to fill essential staffing positions. We have no confidence that ADOC is doing all it can to hire enough staff to care for incarcerated people with mental illnesses. We are asking the court to rule ADOC in contempt for continuing to fail to meet these court-ordered deadlines. Okay? So it says last summer... In a 302-page ruling, ADOC was found to be in violation of the Constitution. Well, what was I just talking about in terms of felony disenfranchisement? The Constitution's Eighth Amendment prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. The court found that persistent and severe shortages of mental health care staff contributed to the prison system's constitutional violations adding more mental health care staff is part of the remedy ordered by the court to address the constitutional violations. See this is what I'm saying. Again, you know, not to revisit the last article, but again, are these are these US citizens that the constitution applies to or are they slaves? Seems like the courts are picking and choosing which rights the slaves have, or as I said in previous broadcast, what, what's their status? What are they? Some kind of citizen-slave hybrid or something? I, I, what's their legal status? Are they slaves, hence why you taking away their right to vote, or are they citizens, hence the court ordering uh, saying that you're violating the Eighth Amendment and their constitutional rights against cruel and unusual punishment? I'm telling you, man, this system is, is is not very consistent, is it? Not very consistent. When you're not very consistent, that means that you are lacking in credibility. I say this, this system has no credibility. I'm talking about the entire country. Especially when it comes to victims of prison slavery. It says that government entities and officials are found to be in contempt of court can face fines and in some cases jail time so yes send them to jail go let them sit in a jail cell in Alabama let them be fed green baloney and other crap that ain't fit for human consumption send they butts to jail because apparently they don't have respect for the courts not that the courts are respectable because again, you know, I've just been talking about all the problems and inconsistencies, but you know, in this case, we're gonna say they have no respect for the court. You need to punish these people it's, and make an example of them. Go sit one of them in a jail. Or whoever's in charge, go send them in jail for ignoring this court order and missing all these deadlines. Not one deadline, but several deadlines. So I tell you people talk about this this country being better than so many other I, I can't tell I think the bible talks about you should be judged by how you treat the least of of the people meaning the poor people the people who aren't rich the people who don't have um influence and in what that's how you're judged by how you treat the weakest among you. Next article, let me um, see. We don't have any phone calls, but shout out to the people that's on the line. Um, Next article that I want to jump to. Let me uh, check some stuff. Watch out for fake headlines and fake news sites that's doing nothing but producing ClickBank. You got to watch out for that. You know, you, you have to, if you not sure about something that you read in an article seek out other sources try to find at least another one other source or three other sources and i ain't talking about other clickbait conspiracy sites all right now i wouldn't necessarily call think progress one of those types of conspiracy sites who talking about, uh, alien, the government's trying to hide an alien invasion cause they shut down this observatory or, or whatnot. Or I, I think that, you know, it's the anniversary of the, um, Spanish flu that killed a bunch of people in 1919 or 1915, whenever that was. And we just had some people, uh, flying to the United States that was coughing and stuff. So I think they trying to, you know, um, start a pandemic, so I ain't t- stay off them type of sites, man, because they're not credible. Use logical deduction. All right? Lose, Use right? I'm not saying the government doesn't do stuff. Obviously, obviously, I'm the last person to tell you the government does things that aren't right, that aren't just, and are even criminal. But I'm not going to feed you a bunch of Stuff that I don't even have circumstantial evidence for. Or I'm going to say because somebody was knocking on somebody's door, they must have been sleeping together. You know, come on, y'all. Let's use logical deduction. If you're capable. If you're capable. All right. But anyway, think progress should be a shame for this headline. Nuclear plant declares emergency. Second breach reported at coal ass site amid Florence Florence's rains. Okay. Now other sites, non credible sites in my opinion, were saying basically scaring people and saying, oh, the new brun, the Brunswick nuclear plant is about to melt down. I just heard they had a unusual occurrence. And I'm like, okay. I live in North Carolina. I got an uncle that works for Duke Power. Well, he's retired now. Nuclear engineer. Shout out to Uncle Ray. Um, I do not think that they would try to hide something like that. Okay? I I, I really don't. You can't hide a nuclear meltdown. All right? But I don't think that they would, would, you know... Try to hide that. So I was like very skeptical of, of when I heard that. So I was like, let me look Google the word um, in terms of nuclear industry and uh, what's the term again? I'm I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. a unusual occurrence. Okay, so that's like they have like this four tier warning system, and that's the lowest. That's the lowest. Which says the public is in no danger. That's not an emergency. Why is Think Progress saying a nuclear plant declares an emergency? They're exaggerating, but they're not as going as far to suggest that a nuclear meltdown is happening at this nuclear plant in North Carolina, and they're not telling you. Second breach was reported at a coal ash landfill. I'm not going to go over there. I talked about coal ash, how it should be against the law to put these waste plants, I mean these um, ponds full of feces from pigs and chickens where they just digging gigantic holes in the ground, Maybe putting in some plastic lining and then just dumping all of that. And you shouldn't be able to build those in flood-prone areas. And I also think you should be required to build storage tanks and not just dig holes in the ground and create these, these gigantic ponds full of doo-doo. Okay? So I'm not going to go there, but I, I'm going to, you know go to where they're get to the part where they're talking about an emergency. Now, the headline again was a plant declares an emergency. Um, 30 miles south of Wilmington, Duke Energy's Brunswick nuclear plant has declared a state of emergency. The plant's 1,200 acre complex is currently cut off to the outside personnel by floodwaters and workers are stranded. The situation is considered an, quote, unusual event, which signals a nuclear emergency on the lowest levels. But Nuclear Regulatory Commission NRC spokesperson Joel Joel, or Joey Ledford said Monday that the plant currently poses no threat to public safety. They didn't declare no state of emergency. They did not. They knew the hurricane was coming. And by North Carolina law, you have to shut those plants down. So they start shutting them down. Okay? They shut them down. There's no danger right now of a nuclear meltdown. Everything is functioning. Now, I'm going to click on the link that they provided. Because when I click on the link that they provided from, um, let me see, who is this from? EENews.net, it says no such thing. Okay, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong article. Where is the one? It was an AP article. Okay, declared a state of newsobserver.com is the article. And I posted this one as well in BTR Community. When I read this article, it sounds a lot different than what I just read about states of emergency, workers not able to get out. and what hap- That's not what this article that they link into says. And in the News Observer, it is, you know, um, um, one of the local papers in the state of North Carolina. I forget where they're based at. Flooding resulting from a tropical storm. This is how they... Uh, This is their headline. Floods limit access to Dukes-Brunswick nuclear plant. Crews use porta-potties and cots. So totally cut off and inaccessible is totally different than limited access, isn't it? I don't know why people exaggerate stuff other than clickbait. I don't know why they like to play on people's feet. Fi- why can't we just have accurate reporting of the facts? Is that too much to ask? Apparently it is. Flooding resulting from tropical storm has has left Duke Energy's Brunswick nuclear plant with limited access to the 1,200-acre complex about 30 miles south of Wilmington. Also, if this was in danger of a meltdown, they wouldn't be bringing food and water and airlifting it into Wilmington. They'd be airlifting people out of Wilmington. Just some logical deduction there, you know. I don't think it takes a genius. The plant has declared an unusual event, the lowest level. As required by Nuclear Regulatory Commission, said NRC spokesman Joy Leffer. According to the filing listed on the NRC website, a hazardous event has resulted in on site conditions sufficient to prohibit the plant staff from accessing the site via personal vehicles due to flooding of local roads by Tropical Storm Florence. The twin reactor. Nuclear plant located four miles inland is stable and poses no threat to public safety, Left said. The facility has off-site electricity from the power grid to cool the nuclear reactors and radioactive nuclear waste at the site. Flood water has not entered the facility and has not exposed critical equipment to risk. The flooding of roads and downed trees prevented fresh crews from relieving the nearly 300 Duke Energy workers and the NRC storm riders who have been on site for days. And the blocked roadways would make it impossible to evacuate the 10 mile emergency evacuation zone around the site if a higher level of emergency was declared. The plan is safe, he said. The reactors are in hot standby mode, three, shutdown, another industry term. Somebody will read that and say, oh, it's overheating, it's, 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 it's about to melt down. Go look up the industry, just Google that term. And you will find that's not what that means. One of the storm riders at Brunswick is Daniel Bacon, whose regular job is senior operations engineer out of the NRC's regional office in Atlanta. Bacon said he's been locked down at Brunswick since Wednesday, but the local Duke Energy employees who live in the area may have arrived on Thursday or Friday. Um, Says that workers are sleeping on cots and using portable toilets because the water is currently shut off and the toilets can't flush. Uh, Bacon said there is limited access to the plant and some workers have been able to leave the site and check up on their homes nearby. After the storm passed, some drove to a Walmart in Southport to stock up on provisions. So I'll leave it there. that, That sounds a whole lot different than a headline telling you nuclear plant declares emergency. Sounds a whole lot different than people telling you that it's on verge of a meltdown. Telling y'all y'all need to watch these sites that y'all reading. Just cause it's not the mainstream media doesn't make it credible. And especially if it's associated with Alex Jones in any kind of way. Last thing article that I wanna share with you. I might have to go a little bit over but I think that SPLC made an important point here. And this goes back to um, slavery in this country. The the SPLC shared an article from The Atlantic. Let me pull up my Twitter account. By the way, y'all can follow uh, Black Talk Radio on Twitter at Black Talk Radio. Let me pull up my Twitter account so I can tell you exactly what they said. And I was like, you know, that's a very good point. Um, and this is related to this Count Kavanaugh confirmation where he's being accused of while he was in high school of a drunken rape attempt. And I said what I said earlier in the broadcast. I'm not going to rehash that. If you joined us late, you can check out the podcast. So what did SPLC say about this? Because they the ones who, who um, um, let me see, that's Alabama. Okay, here it is right here. Southern Poverty Law Center says that I don't mean to adjudicate Kavanaugh's guilt or innocence or to judge his qualifications for the Supreme Court, but maybe Kavanaugh's allies should take this moment to ask themselves if UFO offenders in general deserve more leniency. So again, as I stated at the beginning of the program, you got some Ridiculous Republicans going as far as to saying, "Well, what man hasn't tried to rape some woman?" And you know when they were young or something like that. I mean, that's absolutely disgusting. You are disgusting individual, and they perhaps need to be looking into your background. All right, because you probably raped somebody or tried to rape somebody. Okay, um, if you're going to say something like that, that that makes you a suspect in my book. Um, but Others are making more reasonable arguments and saying that, you know, even if true, this happened when he was a youth in high school, had been drinking, underage drinking and all of that. And we know the brain of teenagers don't fully develop until they turn 26 years old. That's the science of it. Therefore, in many instances, while they may know something's wrong, they're still incapable of making Um, the correct decisions and they often act impulsive and in the heat of the moment may do the wrong thing. You know, their hormones are are driving them and, and what have you. Okay. So we shouldn't hold that against that person. Now I will say what Susan Collins, the Republican Senator out of Maine said, okay, it's one thing that this happened 30 so years ago. But it's quite another thing if he's not going to be honest about it and he's lying. Because if you lie to, if you're lying to, well, you're basically lying to Congress under oath. If you say you don't recall this or it never happened and you never went to the party, even though she never mentioned the party, what party it was or where the party was at. So how can you say you never went to a party if you don't know what party she's talking about? All right. Um, but. You know, um, the the Sentencing Project. I said the SPLC. I'm sorry, it was the Sentencing Project. They make a very good argument when we are are putting young people. Number one, I don't think a young person should be going to prison for selling drugs or using drugs whatsoever. Especially if they're poor. These are crimes of survival. Using drugs is a is Drug addiction is a disease. It's a medical condition. These people need help, not prison slavery. Okay? So when you sentence young people, I've heard of college students who wasn't even selling the drugs, but were set up uh, by uh, by drug informants who get paid to set people up and asking this guy at college, I forget his name, we did a story on him and Barack Obama did grant him clemency. But, you know, he said, look, I don't sell drugs or whatnot. And they was like, well, do you know somebody who do, you know, we're trying to purchase such amount. We'll give you a little money if you hook us up. So he introduces them to one of his hometown drug dealers. That's the extent of his, of his involvement he ends up getting life in prison because he wouldn't cut a deal. And the other ones turned state evidence on him and they got and they got something like five years. He got life in prison. No record in college. Made a mistake. We can say made a mistake. You full indiscretion, not thinking, hey, this dude might be trying to set me up. I don't know who this dude is, you know? They always trying to put people in prison, slavery. Nah, dude, I can't help you. You gonna have to handle that by yourself. And he ends up with life in prison. So that's what the sentencing project is saying. All of you tough on crime senators who's making excuses, Some might have some legitimacy to them and say, hey, we shouldn't punish this man for something he did as a child and make it impact him for the rest of his life or deny him opportunities or what have you. Because, you know, he's a young person. They do stupid stuff. They make mistakes. How about y'all take that same approach towards the young people who are not being nominated be on the Supreme Court. That's all the sentencing project is saying, and it makes sense to me. Says this, how the law treats kids who didn't grow up like Kavanaugh. You mean growed up white and in an influential family? The scene is familiar, loud music, no parents and beer. Christine Blasey Ford alleges that in a best Best the home in 1982. Hell, I was in high school in 1982. Uh, When he was in high school, then 17-year-old Brett Kavanaugh tried to rape her. Kavanaugh categorically denies the accusation. His staunchest defenders say that even if the accusation is true, his behavior as a young man should not derail his path to the Supreme Court. Yet the repercussions many young people, particularly low-income youth of color, primarily black, might face for the kind of conduct described by Ford are far more severe than a failed nomination. Our current laws and practices ensure that adolescent mistakes have lifelong consequences. People too young to buy cigarettes are regularly subjected to adult punishments. There are roughly 1,000 people under the, under the age of 18 in adult prisons and thousands more over that age serving time for offenses committed in their teenage years. I don't mean to adjudicate Kavanaugh's guilt or innocence, or the oh, so so sentencing project was just quoting this article. I don't mean to adjudicate Kavanaugh's guilt or innocence, or the judge's qualifications for a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land. But maybe Kavanaugh's allies should take this moment to ask themselves if you, four offenders in general, deserve more leniency. And it, and it says start here. Almost all kids break the law at some point. They might shoplift, violate an open container law, buy drugs, drive dangerously, or get into a fight. Yet almost all kids outgrow their period of recklessness. Research on adolescent misbehavior clearly points to desistance. That's a technical term that I don't know what they mean. At some point, dumb kids start acting like responsible adults. It's highly unlikely, for instance, that I'll ever again drive 100 miles an hour on the Mass Pike sober, mind you, or steal a giant Sunoco flag as a trophy for my dorm room. No comment. Rarely do even serious youthful offenses indicate a criminal future. The legal establishment understands that fact. A a 6-3 majority of the U.S. Supreme Court noted in Graham versus Florida that there are few incorrigible juvenile offenders compared to the many that have the capacity for change. Criminologists have found an age crime curve that declines precipitously after late adolescence confirming the logic of this jurisprudence. It also, I would say, lines up with the fact that scientists say your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 26 years old. Isn't that the center of your thought processes and and able to reason and what have you and make logical decisions? That's your brain, right? So if your brain's not fully developed, it seems to me that you might not be equipped to make the best decisions all the time. That's what the science says to me. I don't know what it's saying to other people, okay? So it's just awful hypocritical for these tough-on-crime Especially Republicans, but not limited to Republicans. remember who created um, the law um remember the Clinton administration. I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, why, why not apply this same logic? Is it racism? Is it um what do they call it classism? what What's going on here? Is it you don't care? about them because the average victim of slavery pre-American Civil War was only 16 years old. And so you just continuing that tradition post-American Civil War slavery. Is that what's going on? Yeah, that's what's going on. So anyway, I thought that article made perfect sense. That's the end of the program for tonight. I will be back on air tomorrow night for a broadcast of new abolitionist radio. i not sure if, we, if Max has lined up any guests, but we always have inst- interesting dialogue and a lot of information concerning 21st century slavery and human trafficking as prescribed and legalized by the 13th Amendment as so-called punishment for crime. Okay, um, Something Brett Kavanaugh was spared uh, in his UFO indiscretion because she didn't report him. Um, but yeah. So check us out tomorrow night, eight o'clock PM for New Abolitionist Radio. I'll be back with another broadcast of BTR News on Thursday evening, God willing. With that said, recognize the fact we do live behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. is still practicing slavery, depending upon your socioeconomic class status and the color of your skin. You just may have a target on your back for slavery, okay? So we got to be codified, but at the same time, we got to fight back. We got to work to change, as Malcolm would say, this miserable condition that exists on this earth because they are not going to change it themselves. You have to force them to do what's right. All right, so that's my program. Peace and blessings to all. Be safe out there.